Media Snack episodes are now podcasts and available both on SoundCloud and iTunes. What? Not all, they're not on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much, so you what, got, you so got one out of three right then. <laughs> Coming up, absolutely nothing about CES. Hi, and welcome to ID.com's Media Snack, episode six. So the first one of 2016. You had a good new year? Very good. How about you? Very good so far. Um, So this week we are talking about uh, a really nice piece of presentation uh, research from RECMA, uh, summarising all the kind of crazy media pitch activity from last year. Yes. We are not going to make any predictions about 2016, except for one thing. Okay. Ad fraud is going to be an even hotter topic. Yep, I think so. Uh, and finally, we have a really interesting viewer question, somebody that raised uh, a piece of news to us, which we will cover at the end. Okay? All coming up in today's ID.com's Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich. So first up, um, RECMA, which is uh, the research company in media agencies, so yep. kind of a French company which is understood to be uh, the kind of benchmark in the media industry or landscape reporting, um, published a report this week which was summarising all of the crazy pitch activity that we've been discussing um, in previous episodes. And they presented that in a really nice way, showing the winners and losers. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of data there, but I mean, yeah. what, what were your big takeouts from that? So they, they analysed for the 42 big media reviews of 2015, mm. uh, cumulatively 23 billion spent. Uh, they identified that 14 billion uh, shifted hands. The mm. biggest of those was Procter & Gamble in the US. Mm-hmm. Nine billion remained within the incumbent agencies. The, yeah. Actually, six or seven billion of that actually was two, was two clients, yeah. Unilever and, and GSK, mm. which kept their in. So most pitches resulted in some, in, some change. In, in changing, yeah. absolutely. So who were the big winners? Uh, OMG was the biggest winner, mm-hmm. uh, having secured Procter & Gamble in the US. Yeah. Mindshare increased their billings by about 950 million mm-hmm. having won General Mills. Uh, UM had a had a funny year. They they lost uh, L'Oreal, which must have been a big blow. Mm-hmm. But they compensated by by securing uh, J&J globally and yeah. also winning, you know, the prized account of the Coca-Cola company, yeah. which was huge. Yeah. Uh, Ca- uh, Cara did very well in the US, securing Mondelez and consolidating their position with Procter & Gamble. Uh, there were two big losers. Uh, mm-hmm. OMD had a bad year. You know, they lost Coty, Johnson and Johnson, Visa, mm. uh, but the biggest loser of all was Stockholm Mediavest Group, yep. who um, uh, in 2015, uh, you know, failed to secure uh, Procter and Gamble. Uh, uh, Novartis was a big loss for them. Yep. Uh, um, Coca Cola was a was yep. also a big, and mostly that's in the US. A lot of that is in yeah. Is so in it's the US, a, a, a really a really big kind of blow and a, a musting uh, for, yep. for Stockholm. So in terms of the groups. Uh, Dentsu did very well. Uh, they were up about 950 million, a billion. Uh, Omnicom Group did very well. In fact, all of the groups actually had a, a net positive uh, performance. Yeah. Except. How is that possible? 
Well, because uh, publicists had such a terrible year. So right, they okay. were down two and a half billion. Yeah. And year. is it a case of, you know, just rearranging the deck chairs, do you think? Because, you know, every agency seems to have lost a bunch and won a bunch. Mm. Um, and, you know, the net gains are not that dramatic, frankly, or the net losses are not that dramatic, with the exception to Starcom, perhaps in the US. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think uh, for the majority of the groups, it will be a case of just sort of shuffling the pack. Uh, you know, the the most significant uh, bloody nose was received by uh, publicists. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, interesting. You know, we look at it in a slightly more philosophical uh, perspective because this is all very cyclical. Um, but you you read something interesting from the the investor press. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we follow a lot of the commentary that's given to the investor community because this always gives you a very good insight into how the shareholders and the analysts and therefore the advisors to those investors uh, are viewing these as companies right so these are these are performance indicators um, um, brilliant report come from Namura Bank um, talking about the you know the the impact of the publicist losses from last year and the announcement the publicists are saying you know, Q4 for them is going to be pretty bad, so stand by. Yeah. Uh, and to view 2016 entirely as a transition year, given this restructure that we've talked about in previous episodes. Yeah. So, you know, investors are kind of, you know, warily backing away, I think, from uh, from publicists, from investment perspective. Mm. But there's some great language in that report because actually in the, this is an investor's kind of advisory piece, it states that the Starcom brand, they think, can survive the loss of P&G. So, I mean, from an investor's perspective, I mean, they're saying this is catastrophic. Yeah. You know, the, the idea that the, the one of the world's largest agencies and the biggest agency in the US Absolutely. as a brand can survive this loss, that's something that's being advised to investors in, in you know, these communications groups. Um, so you can see how significant some of this, this change is. It, there, it really was quite dramatic, yeah. some of the changes that happened um, to cause the investor community to, to kind of be, uh, be that strong with their language. So I think, I think we should vow not to talk about 2015 pitches pretty much yep. anymore. I mean, I, you know, it's been a big commentary here and elsewhere about you know, the crazy year it was in terms mm-hmm. of pitches. I think the Recma report is a nice bookend to that because it's a really good summary. We'll provide the links to those, to those things. Yeah. The only outstanding one that we think of that any significance is Sony, which is yet to declare. Yeah. Um, and you, you wrote a couple of pieces for the trade press in the UK and the US yeah. Just kind of summarising some of our learnings from some That's of these right, big yeah. pitches from last year. So the first one uh, was in Brand Republic, and I uh, I tried to ca- categorise some of the observations that I'd found uh, based on the the successes uh, of the agencies mm. within the reviews that that um, that, that we'd managed. Um, and the second piece were just some observations that I'd found having sat through uh, about forty hours worth of pitch presentations. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Good. So check them out. We'll provide the links to those as well. So next up, we are not going to be making any prediction for 2016. Nope. Well, apart from the fact that we said that control was going to be our word of the year. That's right. That's That's right. Um, But you've identified something that you've read that you think is important. Somebody else's predictions. So we're going to we're going to donate our predictions yes, to are. support of those to somebody else because there's lots of people making predictions. Um, a lot of them are pretty dull. Uh, however, somebody has come up with some something that's very interesting that I think is definitely worth sharing, and I would encourage you to to go and read. Um, 
A chap called Miko Cotilla is a friend of ours who's uh, an expert in uh, digital media buying and he's dedicated the last year or two of his life to uh, researching ad fraud. Yeah. And at the beginning of this year he's published uh, quite a long read, and it's, but it's worth taking the time to, to review this, eight ad fraud predictions uh, for the year. It's in two parts, but what he's come up with is a really interesting kind of eight-part manifesto, yeah. which covers um, you know, the idea that there will be a credible baseline established for ad fraud, because at the moment there's not really any reference point. We just hear very scary percentages or big numbers, and everybody thinks it doesn't really affect me, and they can't put that in context. So Miko is suggesting that there will be this year a baseline. Um, he's suggesting that evidence will emerge this year about how uh, ad tech vendors and uh, digital management by agencies uh, is uh, you know contributing or ignoring and generating fraud. income and generating income for them as well, which is perhaps is not being declared. Yeah. So that, I mean, if that's true, that that would be a big big deal. Yeah. Um, he also makes the point, you know, as we've suspected, it's that you know ad fraud is not a niche thing. It's now the largest and fastest growing cyber crime there is in, across across. Uh, uh, across the world. So um, this is a big deal. And because of that, Mika's prediction is that this will now gather the attention of governments and regulators um, and law enforcement to apply. This is not something which I think he's suggesting can be self-regulated any longer. Yeah. Ad fraud is a serious fraudulent practice now. But um, his most, I think his most frightening and alarming prediction, which is perhaps an obvious thing to say, is the fact that it's only going to get bigger. Yeah that as more and more money migrates away uh, from uh, you know, traditional media into programmatic, yeah. then the pool of opportunity for fraudulent activity and for yeah. those people to get involved in fraudulent activity is only going to get bigger. Yeah. So, um, and especially in more developing countries as well, what he highlights in the report, which you have to read, uh, is that in the very sophisticated digital markets, ad fraud is still a massive problem but it may represent 30 to 40% of the total market. In, in the more nascent markets or the, the more immature digital markets, it could be up to 80%, he's suggesting. This could be lost to fraud, um, which, is, which are staggering numbers. And you can just understand the scale and the impact of this. Um, this is, I think, so our prediction as a proxy, uh, repeating really Miko's predictions, is that ad fraud is going to be too big to ignore this year. Yeah, and for marketeers, there is an obligation to uh, get on top of it, to yeah. understand it better, to make sure that the agencies are making the right decisions, that um, you know, clients are knowledgeable enough to yeah. um, help protect themselves against something that is going to be a massive, massive issue. Yeah. And this is a good start point. So we'll provide a, a link. Uh, do read this. It's a great start to the year. If terrifying start to the year, but it's a good start to the year. Last up today, we are responding to a viewer's question. We are. Uh, Paul from Dubai uh, raised this question at the back end of last year. Mm -hmm. uh, he spotted an article in one of the trade press that identified... Uh, the Daily Mail Group uh, publishing some rebate uh, mm. issues within their annual report. Yeah, 
I mean, and this, this was striking. It's a shame it kind of came out right at the end of the year because it, I think it just kind of got buried over Christmas. But um, the news was that the Daily Mail Group, which is one of the largest publishing groups in the UK, and in fact, actually, have massive digital publishing operations globally. Um, but in their UK accounts, they had allocated about £26 million, which is about, what, $40 million, um, for rebates. And it, it actually, for the first time a large publisher had kind of declared that they had ring-fenced some budget for the year, for 2016, to be allocated to agencies and clients, it says, um, as incentives for completing you know, significant-sized deals. So if you think that their total billings are around £350 million, so £26 million represents about 7% then of their total ad revenue, that's a significant chunk, and it's really interesting to think that that is the kind of a defined amount. And benchmark, right? So yeah. now you begin to understand the rebate uh, provision that the Daily Mail Group are providing to agencies yeah. Yeah. for advertisers' investment in the Daily Mail Group. So if I was, uh, if I was an advertiser, my first question would be, uh, how much am I spending in the Daily Mail Group? Mm-hmm. And uh, what is 7% of that? Mm-hmm. And am I seeing any of that coming back to me? Yeah. And if, if you're not, then you'd be on, straight on the phone to your agency. That's right. Or if you're not getting, if you're getting 4%, you might, you might ask why. If I'm getting 10%, I wouldn't say anything. Keep quiet, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, I think we encourage that levels of transparency the 7% is about in line with what we would yeah. expect, frankly. So that's the number itself is not shocking, but the fact that it is detailed now provides that solid benchmark so people can go and benchmark themselves yeah. um, and have a look at their own numbers. And I'm, I'm also hoping that this is going to set a really positive precedent as yeah. well. I think it's a really good thing that the Daily Mail Group are being so transparent in this, uh, and I hope that uh, you know, that, is, that is a trend that we'll see uh, more in 2016. Mm. And I, th- I think one of the additional impacts, I think it is important that the wording in this, uh, in this declaration had the word clients in it, because mm. it talks about adver- advertising agencies and advertisers. Yeah. Um, so it, sh- it shows the indication there that the you know, large publishers, large vendors are interested in developing direct relationships with clients and willing to offer rebates direct to clients and Absolutely. not just through the agencies and that's yeah. something you know a trend that we've we've highlighted in the past that's something which we think will will, will get bigger and bigger okay that's it for this week um, thank you for watching episode six of idcom's media snack please give a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel to be updated with new content bye for now have a good weekend